0: That you've watched your Bible on. Grab that with your hand. Let's raise him up to heaven and repeat this after me. I believe believe everything everything my Bible says, no no matter what the devil says, no matter what my circumstances say. say, I have have everything everything the Word says I have. have. I'm I'm a believer, therefore, I'm a receiver. And I will receive absolutely everything that heaven has for me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, are you ready for the word? Praise God. If you would, go ahead and open your Bibles to the 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll get started there. Hallelujah. Let the pastor get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to look here at the first, the first verse. Paul says this. He says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, this is the King James I'm reading from, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, if you've got a King James version of the Bible like I do, you, you'll see that word gifts is italicized. That means it wasn't in the original text. So the way we read that is, now concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, about about spirituals. Not just spiritual gifts, but spiritual things. Notice what Paul says, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant or ignore them. Why? Because they're very important in your life. A lot of people ignore spiritual things or things of the Spirit thinking, well, that's no big deal, that's, that's for the pastor. No, 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 no. The, a true pastor, and let me just kind of back up a little bit, this church's purpose is to make disciples. That's the bottom line. We're, we're to make disciples. Jesus said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make followers. And a lot of churches, that's what you have. They're followers. Well, what's the difference between a follower and a disciple? A disciple does what Jesus did. You're doing what Jesus did, all right? A follower just says, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, the Bible says the devil believes in Jesus, all right? So what's the difference between you saying you believe in Jesus and what the devil says? Come on now. I, 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 no, no condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ. But you see, you've got to understand, because of you might, you might be hearing this for the first time, you are called to be a disciple. That, what that means is, you're not like everybody else. Paul said it this way, come out from the world. You're not to be like the rest of the world. Now other words, says we are a peculiar people. You know, and, and I've been around the church long enough that a lot of the church looks at me and says, you're peculiar. I'm not, you're, in other words, you're not like me. Well, yeah, because I believe in the Bible. Uh, you know, I've had people say, well, well Pastor, you know, what kind of church are you? Well, we're an independent church. Well, what do you believe? You know, are you, you Pentecostal, this, that? I said, we believe everything the Bible says. You go, we, we, we have a habit of putting labels on everything. Well, what does Baptist mean? What does Pentecostal mean? What does this mean and that mean? People don't even know what they mean. Presbyterian, do you know what Presbyterian means? A Presbyterian literally means that you don't you don't do, make any change until the presbytery tells you you can make the change. Uh, is that conducive for the Holy Ghost? No, because in order for me to do something, if I if I according to that belief, in order for me to do something before I do it, I have to get the presbytery's okay to do it. So if the Holy Ghost comes up with something on the last second and says, "Hey, do this," well, I can't do it because I got to. See? So Paul was talking, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant of of spiritual, spiritual things. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Not to be ignorant. Go to uh, Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4. Probably share a, a bunch of scripture with you. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. We'll just see. Be ready to receive. The Lord has something for you today. God's got something that will change your life for you today. Right now. Right now. In Colossians chapter 4, say amen when you get there. Look at verse 2. It says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. That's interesting. Continue in prayer? That sounds like we should be in prayer all the time. Yeah, that's what it says. Prayer is not what you think it is. Prayer is not something where you get down on your knees and you're talking to the Lord. It can be. I mean, that is a type of prayer. But when you see prayer talked about in the Bible, it's basically fellowship. Fellowshipping with the Father, talking to the Father. And you can do that all the time during the day. You can do that when you're driving down the road. A lot of times I'm driving down the road, my, and my wife does most of the driving. And, uh, you know, I'm saying something. She said, What'd you say? I said, I'm just, just talking to the Lord. Lord, show me something. I, I, you know, and that's not something you, you all of a sudden do. You're going to have to work on it. I've said this before. I'll say it again because it is. It's true. The most important relationship you have on on earth, most people would say it's with their spouse, maybe with their jobs, maybe their kids. I'm here to differ with you. The most important relationship you have is with your Heavenly Father. Because if you get that relationship right, everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. But when your Heavenly Father's relationship, your father with, your relationship with Him is not right, and you're not continuing in prayer, your life's going to be a mess. You know, we've been talking about the mind in that the last few weeks. If, if you're interested, you go back on Facebook and watch the videos. At least hear them talking about. Not every thought you have in your head is yours. When God speaks to you, He's not going to speak to you in your head. He, he speaks to you in your heart. Your spirit, man. Your spirit, soul, and body. Right? We're a three-part being. He's a three-part God. So, continuing in prayer, you should get to the place in fellowshipping with the Father that when you talk to Him, you hear Him t- talk to you. It, it should be like a A conversation. He's in the room with you. It's it's not it's not something you know spooky. We're talking about. We're talking about your fellowship with the heavenly Father should be at such a point that when you ask him a question, he gives you he speaks back to you. Your fellowship, because if we couldn't do that all the time, Paul could not tell you and me to continue in prayer. What do I do? Just pray and pray and pray and pray and it's all me praying and I'm not hearing from heaven? Who does that? Not very many people very long. That's why a lot of people don't pray. I, I've, heard, I've heard Christians say that. Well, I, I don't pray because I, I, I pray and, and it doesn't seem like anything happens. You pray with your heart. You're praying wrong. Right. You, you've got something you got to learn. Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff here today. What do you have to do? you got to make a change in your life. There's got to be a change in your life. When you pray, you should know you have the answers. Right? The, the Bible tells us that if you ask according to His will, he, you know that He hears you. Right? You know He hears you. That's what it says in the back in, 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 in John. You know He hears you. If you pray according to His will, well, some people in the in Christian community say, well, you never, you never know the will of God. I'm sorry. You better look at your Bible because it says you need to study the word of God to show yourself approved that you can prove the good and perfect will of God. See, that's, that's a lazy man's Christianity that's saying that. Well, you'll never know the will of God. That's laziness. But the Bible says, if you ask anything according to his will, you know he hears you. And then it goes on, here's the really good one. If you know he hears you, you know you have the petitions that you ask for. Glory to God. So all i got to do is find out his will on a particular matter and say, Father, I see it in your word. Your word says that it is your will. For instance, I say, if I need healing. By his stripes, I was healed. It says in the New Testament, by his stripes, I was healed. In Isaiah, it says, by his stripes, you are healed, speaking of a future event. In the New Testament, it speaks of a past event. So I can take that one scripture and say, Father, I know healing is your will. Not sometimes, all the time. And I know that you hear me because I'm praying, I'm asking you according to your word and your will. I know you've heard me, so I know that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm healed. This sickness cannot stay in my body. Now, how long do you have to do that for? I don't know. It may be a day, it may be instantly, it may be weeks. I, I personally think that gradual healing is better than instantaneous because gradually builds up that, that stamina in you to stick with it. A lot of times what will happen is people will go to events, to meetings, where uh, they minister to people healing and they get healed instantly. Then they go back to their, their churches and forget anything that they've learned and they lose their healing. I remember Brother Hagin years ago. I don't know, many of you may not have heard of Brother Hagin. He's in heaven now. But he used to go around and do, uh, have meetings. And they'd be, they'd be in a church for a week. <laughs> I mean, today that's like unheard of. You could have a meeting every day. Yeah, they had two a day. They had the morning session, they had the night session. It'd start like on Monday morning and go all the way to Sunday. And sometimes it might go two weeks. But Brother Hagin, what he would do is at the beginning of the meeting, he said, Now listen, if you all are going to be here every night, wait till the end of the week and I'll pray for you. Now, if you're if you're only going to be here tonight or the next two nights, come come forward tonight and we'll pray for you. A lot of times what would happen is by the time they got to the end of the week, the people that needed healing was already healed. Because their faith was at such a level they received it. If you're in Jesus' ministry he didn't say now, now stand back I'm going to do something here and don't y'all try this at home because you might hurt somebody no he said your faith has made you whole he said your faith made you whole he didn't do, he didn't do anything that, that we can't do right he, he made it simple Paul says keep the gospel simple don't make it complicated and it is simplistic when you look at it. He said, these signs will follow those that, that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They'll speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it won't hurt them. If they're bitten by a snake, it won't hurt them. Now, that doesn't mean we go out handling snakes. Now, you've got people in the hill country, they handle snakes. And people get bit all the time, and they die. And God's like saying, Big fly. <laughs> get up. I didn't mean to handle snakes. My people over there in Israel, if you've ever been in Israel, I've been there. It's all rocks. Yeah. It's a haven for snakes. And, and, you know, they didn't have Ubers back in that day. So when they went someplace, they had to walk. And they'd get tired. And so they'd have to sit down and take a break. Well, there could be a snake in that rock. He'd come out and he'd bite them. They're dead. That's what he was saying. He was saying, if a snake latches onto you, that's what happened with Paul in the book of Acts when he was on the, on the ship for all those weeks at sea, remember? And he comes ashore, and as soon as he's ashore, they build a fire to, to dry off. And all of a sudden, it says a viper latched onto Paul. And all these, all these people, the locals are looking at him and saying, ah, he escaped the sea, but he didn't escape the bite of the serpent. Now he's going to be dead. Well, Paul just shook the snake off. Half hour went by. Paul's still walking around doing what he's doing. An hour went by. Two hours go by. Three hours go by. Five hours go by. And these people are like, uh, this guy's a god. He should have been dead. Everybody else dies within hours. This man's still alive. So they come up and start to worship him. He said, no, 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 no. I'm a man just like you. There's no difference between me and you. I just serve the living God. See, you have to get that in your spirit that you are serving the living God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in your body. It's not a like one. It's the same one. Let's look at a couple more scriptures here. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 16. Talk about continuing in prayer. You know, Jesus said this. He said, I can do nothing except I see the Father or I hear the Father. Here's the Son of God saying, I, can, I can't do anything unless I hear from heaven or I see the Father do something. All those miracles, you think He was doing? No, He was following the Father. <laughs> when they came, they came up to Him and said, Good Master, uh, how do you know these things? He said, There's nobody good except the Father who's in heaven. Jesus said... I didn't say it. Jesus said... There's nobody good. Uh, to me, uh, he's good. But Jesus said, My Father in heaven is good. You there know in Psalm 16? Yes. Continuing in prayer. See, this is spiritual things. And it doesn't mean you're going you to be in prayer while you're at work. You can say, Father, help, you know, help me with this. Is there a better way to do this? Does God care about your, work, your job? Sure, He does. Instead of complaining about the job that you're doing, say, Father, show me. There's got to be an easier way to do this. Show me. He will. Verse 11. That will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Well, look what you got there. God said in his word, he said, I'll show you the path for your life. Did you know that everybody has a path in their life that God's created? The reason why some people are having trouble is because they're on the wrong path. They're on the path that they created. All right, I realize people get saved and they're, you know, they've already, they're in their life, but see, God can, God can take that whole situation and say, okay, here's where we're going to go now if you listen to me if you're willing and obedient. He said, in His presence is fullness of joy. So when I'm having fellowship, when I'm continuing in prayer talking to the Father, guess what? An indication that I am fellowshiping with the Father is I don't lose my joy. I have fullness of joy. I'm full of joy all the time. So no matter what happens in my life, good or bad, the devil can't take my joy. But see, if I'm not walking if I'm not walking with him, if I'm not talking to him, and I'm not listening to him, I don't lose my joy like that. Because something will happen throughout the day. Somebody will say something that your flesh will get involved. And what happens? Well, you lost your joy. Why? Because you got out of his presence. Yeah, but pastor, you don't realize what these people are doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing. God knew that. It's not about them, it's about you. It's about His relationship with you. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. He's showing you the path of life. See, maybe what's going on in your life is God in His presence is trying to get you out of the path that you're on and onto His path. (laughs) And you're struggling with that. And you're thinking, well, why is all this stuff happening to me? The Father's saying, because I'm trying to get you over here. So it's going to take a little bit. There's a little struggle. Let's go on here to uh, go to Romans chapter 1. Let's look at this scripture real quick. Now here's a scripture here that is not popular with religious people. You said, Pastor, did you just say something about religious people? Yeah, I did. It's not popular with religious people because religious people like things done their way. Jesus will set you free from religion. He will. He'll set you free from religion. What's, what's religion? Religion is doing something you don't know why you're doing it, but you're doing it because that's what they do, and you don't, you don't see anything change. Romans 1. You there? Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is, as it is written, "The just shall live by faith." The righteousness of God, or you could say it this way, the right things of God is revealed to you from faith to faith. the The kingdom of heaven is designed on increase; it's all about increase. It's about you increasing in your knowledge of God, you increasing in your. In uh, your, the presence of the Lord in your life, listening to heaven, it's what it's all about. From faith to faith, the goodness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Why do the religious not like it? Because it means you've got to trust God. You've got to do what the Bible says. If I see something in the Word, and the Word says, says it one way, but my thinking is a different way, I think, no, I, I, I've been doing it this way. Okay, now God's going to find out. The Word's going to show me whether I'm a disciple or a follower. A follower says, well, no, I, I've done it this. Way. I don't see anything really wrong with it. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm a follower now. I'm not a disciple. A disciple says, by golly, the Bible does say that. I'm going to change now. I got to change. I got to make a change. That's the difference. By making that change, guess what? I keep hearing from heaven. I'm continuing in prayer. The Father's continuing to speak to me. He's continuing to show me things. I remember Well, let's look at this one first. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then I'll say this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's pick it up in verse 12 here. Paul says this, he says, that "That you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto His kingdom and glory. He's called you to do what? To walk in the kingdom. The glory is the manifestation of God. He's called you to walk in His kingdom and glory or the manifestation. He's called you and I both to do that. Verse 13, Paul says this, for this cause also we thank God Without ceasing, what's he doing? He's gonna continue in prayer. We thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believes. Okay. Here's a lot of ways uh, spiritually people miss it, is because they don't understand that the man or woman of God that God's put in their life, when he or she speaks, they look at him. Well, that's just that's just Pastor Mike. That's just Pastor So and So. It's not having an effect in your life. Because when you heard the word, Paul said, you recognized it as the word of God, not the word of a man. Well, Pastor, you got any other scripture? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back in the Old Testament Moses. God sends Moses into Pharaoh. He says, Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So he goes into Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says, nope, not going to do it. Okay. Here comes the plague. After the plague, go tell him again. <coughs> Moses goes in and tells him again, let my people go. He says, nope, "Not, not going to do it. Here's another plug for you. Third time, and it keeps going on, and finally he says, all right, let my people go, or death's coming on the firstborn. Not going to do it. The next day they wake up, Pharaoh's son's dead. All the firstborn in Egypt is dead. They chase after the Israelites because they tell the Israelites to go. Pharaoh he loses his entire army. Why? Because he did, not, he did not understand God's voice speaking to him through a man. Your failure to understand God speaking to you through a man or a woman can cost you everything in your life. Cost you everything. I've been in ministry over 15 years. Been asked many questions. Probably one of the most popular ones is, well, people in my family were good, godly people. Why did God take them home? Why did they why did they come off this planet? Well, if you look in the Bible. Hosea 4.6 says this, my people are destroyed for two reasons. Two. And the devil has nothing to do with any of them. The first reason is a lack of knowledge. What you don't know can kill you. Right? Oh, I don't believe that, Pastor. Okay, good. Just go swimming out in the ocean. Just go swimming out in the ocean. And everything that swims up to you, just go ahead and try to pet it. Yeah. Yeah, you'll find out real quick. That kind of thinking does not work. The second reason that they were destroyed was because they rejected knowledge. They knew it, but they rejected it. They said, I'm not going to do that. Oh, we're not going to go to church. We don't believe that you have to go to church to be a Christian. Um, (laughs) uh, Try that with your spouse. I don't have to go home. Try spending about two weeks away from home, and then going home. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> you notice any skillets missing from the cupboard? It's got your name on it. Well, I mean, I'm just, i you know, I'll just be real people, you know. I mean, it, see, this is real stuff. They 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 hear the word of God preached, but they look at it. Well, that's just that's just. That's just Brother Mike. You know, he believes that stuff, but I don't. Where do you think I got it from? I'm, I'm preaching right from the Bible. I'm not giving you a story and trying to make you feel good so that when you walk out here, you feel all excited. I, yeah, I want you to feel excited about the Word of God, but not puffed up in your own self. Because I know what's outside that door. For everyone in here, the devil is waiting and not even outside the door. As soon as you leave, he's going to come to do what? To take and steal the word that has been sowed into you today. That's how he operates. Let me see if I can get it out of these people. Let me see if I can get them into strife. Let me see if I can get them arguing. Why? Because James said it this way. Where there is strife and anger, there's all presence of demonic forces. So see, I learned a long time ago. Whenever I'm having a conversation, and sometimes my wife and I get into intense fellowship, the conversation's over with. When we get in too intense a fellowship, the conversation's over with. Why? Because the Word of God says God's not even there. I can be biblical and be wrong. Why? Because of my attitude. Because I did it in strife. That's why I don't beat people up with the Bible. My Bible says the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Nobody wants to be beat up with the Word of God. Don't you know you're going to? Sure, they already know they're going to hell. I, you, there's not a sinner out there that doesn't know they're not right with God. They, they know they're not right. You don't have to tell them. They know it. The bad ones are the Christians that think they're right with God, but they're living like the world. You can't praise God on Sunday and dance with the devil during the week. You can't do it. Your prayer life will be terrible. It, you, you'll pray for things it won't even happen. It's a little over two years ago. I went to the doctor and had a spot on my arm. And they did a biopsy. You know what you call a biopsy? I didn't think nothing of it. But see, the weeks before that, God had had me preaching and teaching on that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I, I probably pre- preached on that message for like six months in various shapes and forms. Two days later, the nurse the doctor calls me back and said, Mike, you uh, you've got uh, malignant melanoma." I'm like, okay, what what does that mean? Uh, It's the worst case of cancer you can never get. I didn't know I was asking for cancer. I mean, if I would have thought of it, I probably would have asked for something a little less. So, okay. They're like, you don't understand. I'm like, yeah, I understand, but, Everything's gonna be all right because I'm gonna be the Father. So when I got that diagnosis, the first thing I did, oh, oh God, what did I do? No, no, it was real simple. (laughs) Because see, I'd I'd learned this from another man of God. Same similar situation went through. I said, Father, I know that you didn't put this cancer on me. Let's just settle that right now. I am not in any way going to accuse you of doing this. I said, so there's one of two places it came from. Just an all right attack from Satan. Or I missed it somewhere. And I'd be willing to bet that it was me. So do me a favor, Father, if it was me that missed it, show me where I was. What am I doing? I'm humbling myself before the Lord. I sat and waited a little while, and the Lord said, okay, there's three things you need to do. He said, first of all, Mike, I told you to get ready to go full-time ministry, and you haven't done a thing as far as looking into anything. You're not believing me for anything. I said, you're right, you're right. I wasn't. I was just kind of letting life go as it was. I said, "I repent. I repent of that." He told me two other minor things, not even any major. I said, "You're right. I repent." He said, "Okay. Thirty days, this will all be over with." I said, "Thank you. Thank you." So now I got to go to the the the, the doctors. And uh, this was when this happened. This was right around this time of year actually closer to about the 26th of December and the doctor said well we're gonna bring you in we're gonna cut a big chunk of your arm off and we're gonna get all that stuff out of there pull some what do they call them things Lymph 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 nodes okay See, what heaven told me was, in 30 days, this will all be over with. He didn't say he didn't have to have the surgery. He said, in 30 days, this will be gone. All right. Went to the doctor. And, of course, the oncology doctor is giving me all these worst-case scenarios, saying, you're going to have to have the shot. I said, that, that ain't going to happen. No, no, no. But you don't understand, if we do this to you, your body's going to be depleted. I said, God will take care of that. No, you're not giving me that shot. Ain't happening. Okay. I don't want to make them mad because they're trying to help me. Had the operation done, I had to go in and had a big hole in my arm. Every day I had to go to the doctor and have it sucked out and cleaned and new padding put in. and Had to carry a machine on me that sucked all the bad stuff out. They came back with a lab report. And said we find absolutely no cancer in your body, none. It's just like God said. I went to the dermatologist, and the dermatologist ran what they call a Castle report, which determines the likelihood of it of it returning. The Castle report came back and said you are in the least category of ever to have cancer again in your body. All because of the Lord. Were you afraid? No, no. <laughs> Didn't bother me at all. I wasn't happy about going through the operation, and all that stuff. But I, just, I, just, I, what I focused on is what heaven said: in thirty days, this will be gone, and and within the thirty it days, it had manifested. I mean, I was operated on January seventeenth. The report came back like the eighteenth or nineteenth. There's no cancer in your body. That's within thirty days. hearing from heaven fellowshipping with heaven makes all the difference go to Hebrews chapter 4 Hebrews 4 I remember a pastor years ago um, down in Brazil they were having some revivals and these ministers would go down there because they would bring him in to to preach at these revivals, they were just they were going on for days. And um, one of the ministers said during the praise and worship, as they were all standing up worshiping God, Jesus stepped out in front of him and he spoke to him and said. All these ministers here in the front rows. The first two rows were just completely filled with pastors. And Jesus, while the praise and worship's going on, Jesus went over in front of each pastor and stood before each pastor and said, this is pastor so-and-so, so-and-so. They've been in the ministry X amount of years. They've met, they pastor this church at such-and-such in such-and-such area, and they're not interested. And he'd step over to the next couple, and he'd said the same thing. This is Pastor so-and-so. They pastor here. They've been pastoring. It. They're not interested. And to most of the ministers, he said that too. They're not interested. And a few of them, he would stand before and say that very same thing and say, they're interested. See, you either have an interest in the things of God or you don't. If you've got an interest in the things of God, you're, you're hungry. People that are not hungry for the Word of God, they're not going to stay at a church like this. I don't have a dance team that's going to come out here and entertain you. I don't have anybody playing a guitar that's going to break a guitar on the altar so that you get excited. I, don't have, I, I will never, ever, 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 ever have smoke machines in my church. Never. If you go to a church and they have a smoke screen... I'm telling you, run out of that place as quickly as possible. Run out of there. They're saying we don't know how to get the presence of God in here, so we're going to have to make it seem like he's here. I'm sorry, but if you can't sense the presence of God here today, your your sensor's broke. I can pray for you and help you in that area. As a matter of fact, is there anybody here today that when you talk to heaven, I'm, I'm, being, I'm not being mean or anything, that you struggle to hear from heaven? Anybody here? Big time, three years. Come here. Stand up right there. <coughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, open her ears. Shh. 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 My sheep know my voice. You know it. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to you, hon. It's that still small voice in your spirit here. As you spend time with the Father, is it broken now? you mm. You'll hear him. You'll hear him. And I want you. Here's what you do. When you go to spend time, the Lord say, "Lord, I thank you. I hear your voice. I do hear it." What are you doing? You're, you're releasing your faith. You do Because you do, but see, the devil's kept that from you. He said, well, do you hear an audible voice? And you, see, in, in, in the spirit, you no. <coughs> what have you done? You just denied hearing the voice. You agreed with what the devil was saying, not what God's saying. God said, my sheep know my voice. And here, you're a child of God, right? You know his voice. You hear it now. Things, things are different right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus. I love you. Jesus. I love you. Love you. 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 Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Hallelujah. Amen. That's powerful. Amen. Anybody else? He helps me all the time. Go. Go. In Jesus' name. Yes. Go. Thank you. Yeah. Go. Lord is the best. I want everybody to stretch your hands over here to Brother John. Father, in the name of Jesus... Of God of protection is upon you, brother. In Jesus' name, you'll fulfill the call of God that God has on your life. You'll fulfill everything that God has called you in your life. Satan, you're not going to stop him in the name of Jesus. We're all in agreement. We're all in agreement. You'll not have him no more. No more in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's done. This thing's broken off of you, brother. Again, uh, this is by the Spirit. Just by the Spirit. Just by the Spirit. See, these are the things of the Spirit. I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you ignorant. Don't ignore them. Not just be ignorant of them like you don't know, but don't ignore the things of the Spirit because the things of the Spirit is talking to you about things in the future. Right, and God's purpose is not for you to go through a storm; it's for you to go over the storm. That's His perfect will. God's perfect will in everybody's life is not to go through a storm. I hear Christians all the time say, "Well, yeah, God will just take me right on through this storm." He don't want He don't want you to go. He wants you to go over the storm, like an eagle. Just say word, not go through. I mean, if you're in the midst of the, he'll, yeah, he'll get you through. But that's you've got to recognize that, that, is, that was not God's perfect will. You missed him. No condemnation. No. Con- we've all missed him. We've all missed him. Everybody here has missed God. But God's perfect will is not for you to go through the storm. It's to go over the storm. Brandon? stand up. You think you can hold him. Shh. Have I ever met you before? No, nope, never have. God said this is a strong man of God. Strong man of God. A rock, a rock of His word, that you stand strong. You will not be turned away. God's raising you up for such a time as this. Such a time as this. He protected you in all those years. He protects people in 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 their growing stages. You know, Jesus' ministry didn't take place till He was 30 years old. Where was he, the other 30? He was being protected. John the Baptist, the same way. John the Baptist, he did his ministry didn't begin from the time he was a child. He was older. You're the same cut. What God has for you, he's protected you to allow you a chance to grow. Get strong in his word. You a believer? Yes. Okay, I knew that. But see, I'm not going to let you go out of here without asking you that question. Right? I mean, I'd be foolish to, to say all those nice things about you and then not even ask, are you a believer? The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, see, he just did. He just said, oh, yeah, I'm a believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So things that you've, you, that you've wondered, you've pondered in your heart like Mary did. There's things i see you've pondered things in your heart and I'm standing up there, and I'm, as I'm ministering, I'm saying God is is standing. There's there's an angel standing behind you the whole time. You're anointed. You're anointed to speak the word of God. To be a voice in the wilderness. I, you know, I don't know about your situation where you work at, it, but I see you as a voice in the wilderness. Do you feel like you're the only one in, where where you work at? Your voice in the wilderness. Your voice in the wilderness. Does bear witness with you? It kind of does, yes. Okay, kind of does, kind of sorta. Of. Amen. You're not done. God's not done with you yet. you Matter of fact, you're just coming in. You're. You're starting to come into it. You're at the very beginning stages. Yeah, at the very beginning stages. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Did you all get something today? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.